it just got so bad. I just couldn't face the day anymore. And one night in, in November, one evening, it was about 9.30, um, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to slip my wrists and that's it. I'm, I'm done. It was about 9.30. I have to wait till 10 so they'll be asleep. Then I'll just go in the restroom and end it all. And so I turned the TV on and Billy Graham was on TV. And he said, young lady in your living room, you need to go go into your bedroom and ask Jesus into your heart. And he explained it. Heroes, we're here with with uh, Miss Patsy Pena. Hi, Miss Patsy. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Oh, great. Okay, so um, I just wanted to see how you're doing, and uh, if you can just maybe tell us about yourself, um, where you're pastoring at, where your husband is pastoring at. Right now, my my husband and I are in Kingsville, Texas. Okay, and, great. Uh, yeah, we've been here. Uh, in October, it'll be nine years. Wow. And uh, we are uh, rebuilding um, the sanctuary part because that, that part of the building was pretty old. And we we were kept fixing the roof and it didn't, um, it, it, it got worse and worse. So the church and um, my husband decided that, that it'd be a good idea to just throw it down. And we, it's been in a process for three years because of the, you know, trying to get a loan, trying to get all the permits. And finally, uh, now we have the structure up and the outside is uh, red, is nice, it's done. All we, uh, now we can, we're working on the electricity inside and uh, putting an AC and then we can go in there and fix it up. We're That's really exciting. excited. That's yes, so exciting. Is. So y'all are in the middle of a yes. building project. Yes. Wow. How long have y'all been uh, with that building project now? Well, uh, it just started in, um, oh, it started like in May or maybe uh, late April. That went quick. It oh. was just the process of getting to, getting a loan and all that. That was like three years of work. Wow. Okay. You know how you helped me, Melissa, with all that. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's quite a bit to get into a building project. But okay, yeah. Ms. Patsy, so maybe um, you could just share a little bit about yourself uh, for the people that um, don't know who you are, um, okay. where uh, where you've pastored before, and then uh, we'll go into your childhood maybe right after that. Okay, where we, we've pastored before? Uh-huh. Okay, uh, well, the first time we, we were sent out, we were in Las Vegas, New Mexico. That's where we discipled under Pastor Richard Ruby. And um, we, we've we always been the oldest ones in the church, at least 10 years older than everybody in the church. <laughs> but uh, Pastor was very gracious, and he sent us out to Española, New Mexico. I, I hear that the church is doing very good today. That was years yeah. ago. Um, it was in 19—I wrote it down because I forget—1982. 
he's, they send wow. us to, uh, I'm sorry, that's not true. In 1985, um, they send us to, um, in 1982, we started coming to the door. And then um, uh, 1985, Pastor Ruby came in and he was there about a year or something. And he sent us to Espanol, our first, first church. And do you want me to keep on going? <laughs> we'll stop right there. And I'm, we're going to okay. go even further back now. <laughs> okay. okay. So okay. Um, maybe you could tell us about where you grew up and what was your family life like? And, you know, how would you describe your childhood? How would I describe my childhood? Okay. Um, we, um, I grew up in Montezuma, New Mexico. That's like about 20 miles north of Las Vegas, New Mexico, up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, hills and a uh, real beautiful, beautiful country. Um, my parents were, my, my father uh, used to work in the mines and uh, he worked in Arizona in the mines and in Pueblo, Colorado in the mines. But finally he moved us to, to uh, New Mexico and we ended up in Montezuma. He bought a little place there and we were the poorest family in that, in that community. We didn't have running water in the house and we, we had dirt. <laughs> floors there in the beginning and uh um it was but that's a life we, we it didn't make any difference to us because i mean yeah. that's what we we did you know that's what we had and um he was a good provider and he he did his best and um but as we grew up he was able to get a good job and he built a little house and started things started improving a lot and um i grew up there um it wasn't the best of the best because my parents were not saved and my father had issues, um, mental issues. And so it, it was a real hard situation because I, I was all, uh, we were all with the family was always walking on eggshells because he would, you know, blow up every, any, it, I guess now you would call it a D a whatever, you know, that problem. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, um, uh, I grew up and I started going to high school and I'm uh, actually, I met my husband when he was, when I was like nine years old, cause we were in the same community. That's when we moved in eight or nine. And wow. um, so we went to the one room school <laughs> mm -hmm. that's in 19 um, in the early sixties, a one, one room school. And there was eight grades. And, and so um, that's where I first saw him and believe it or not, I fell in love with him then. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so anyway, but did you say that was eighth grade? Huh? Did you say that was he was in eighth grade? Yeah. I was like yeah. in the four years late of fourth grade, something like that. But anyway, um we grew up in poverty and I uh, finally after years when I was seventeen, we got married and then about a few years later, um I gave my life to Jesus when I was 23 years old. And, uh, but I guess I could say I had a good childhood considering uh, now I see it back, you know, it was hard, you know, but at that time yeah. I didn't consider it hard. It was just, you know, life. That's all. You just go on, go forward and do what you have to do. <laughs> and it was good. Okay. I guess I could say it was, it was good. I, I did have issues with insecurity. Um, okay. I have had issues with insecurity and um, low self-esteem, but it, I feel it was because my father, um, I don't blame it on him, but because he had right. issues, he had his issues. Uh, but it, it, it's so important for a, a father to be 
gentle with his children, you know, and, but he wasn't, he, he didn't have the capability. And so I grew up with that, uh, very insecure. In the other hand, my husband grew up also in mm -hmm. poverty. Both of us are the poorest families in the family in the community and but his father was very affectionate so he grew up very confident you know he okay. has a lot of confidence in himself <laughs> it makes a difference you know i see back now i understand all that and um uh, i grew up as a teenager very angry and okay. i hated my father and uh but when i got saved the lord dealt with me to forgive my father but not only forgive him in my heart because i forgave him in my heart i said okay god i forgive him and then he told me, you need to tell him you forgive him. That was a very hard challenge to mm -hmm. to have to stand before this man that I had, um, you know, years of, of unhappiness with and, mm -hmm. and tell him, you know. And so the Lord gave me the words and I thank God and we reconciled. He forgave well, me. I, I, asked, I asked him to forgive me, too, because I wasn't the greatest mm -hmm. person. You know, I, I realized that. And um, and so. He, we, we reconciled, and after that, oh my goodness, um, we, we had a good relationship. And um, the affection, and Ms. Mm -hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, the, uh, I never had a father that would be affectionate with me. And of course, <laughs> already I was already in my early 20s, so it's hard to establish something like that. But he showed me love in other ways. So, and I knew because after, after that, my father gave his life to Jesus. So wow. it made a difference. I know he's in heaven today, you know, and that's a really satisfying feeling in my heart that I know that he's there and he forgave me and I forgave him and everything's fine, you know, to yes. catch things up with your father. That's good. <laughs> how big how was, your, was your family, Miss Patsy? I have three how brothers. I have three younger brothers mm -hmm. and, um, and I was the oldest. That's it. Okay. <laughs> oh, and you want to find out about my family? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my family. Okay. Um, I've got three, uh, three children, two girls and a boy and a son. Oh, okay. Okay. And they're okay. already all, I call him a boy, but he's not a boy. He's already an adult. <laughs> they're all, uh, my daughters are in their fifties and Paul is almost in his fifties also. Okay. And, um, you, I know you said that you got saved, um, when you were younger, but, um, were you already married or you were uh, still single? I'm sorry. Yes, I was married. We, we had been married seven years. And mm -hmm. uh, the reason I got saved was because um, I was going to commit suicide. My life was so bad. Um, I, I had already gave, given up. I had tried everything, you know, that the world um, says will bring happiness and fulfillment and fill that void you know, that emptiness in your life. And I tried everything, the party scene, the everything. Uh, I, I tried religion. I, I grew up very religious. We, we grew up Catholic and um, I was very religious. I wasn't just a Catholic by name. I truly, I went to church every Sunday. I did all the, all the rituals, everything. And it wow. still left an emptiness in my heart. It's still, there was, I knew about God, but of course, I didn't know that I needed to receive him in my heart and repent. I would go to confession and it never did anything for me anyway. <laughs> but um, so when I was um, uh, 22, I think, yeah, 22, my uh, cousin of mine that was saved, he challenged me to read the Bible and to 
and he tells me because I was very a devout uh, um, believer in Mary. Okay, and so okay. Um, he challenged me. He said, "If you find anywhere in the in the Bible that it says I should pray to Mary, I will pray to Mary." Okay, and he says, and he says, you don't have to read it from my read it from your Bible because I have a Catholic Bible. It's the hardest thing to read. But anyway, I read it. I, I'm, I'm a, that's the way I am. Right? I'm stubborn. And I said, I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. Okay. He says, okay, I, I guarantee you. And I did. I read that book from one end to the other. It was the hardest thing. It took me a year. Um, there's a lot of, of course, I didn't understand a lot of stuff because it, it's a very hard. It was a 1965 uh, Catholic Bible. And um, I read it. But, you know, it's it's something else because even in that Bible, it, it uh it I started reading scripture that Mary had children, and uh you know little things like that, and it was like it was a shocker. It was almost like the Holy Spirit pulled all the scriptures out and showed me exactly, you know, and and it, and gave me the revelation in my brain, you know, in my head, and he made it he made it possible for me to understand, and I started getting very angry at the church, and so so I got to that point where okay, my father failed me. My husband was an alcoholic at the time. That was my marriage was a mess. And then, yeah, can you kind of uh, can you kind of just um, elaborate, like when you were younger, and then now you got married? What was that like? To how old were you when you got married? I, and okay, uh, what led to that? My I got married when I was seventeen, and and uh, well, actually, I was just turned seventeen, and um, my life with Jim was I had just I had gotten pregnant, of course you know, uh, did all kind, made all kinds of, uh, bad decisions. And, um, I got pregnant and we got married and, uh, life was really hard because of course, both of us were unsaved and, uh, irresponsible. And Jim's always been a good worker. That's one thing he always provided, but he drank a lot. And so there was a lot of issues, you know, when, when drinking, when drinking comes along and there's a lot of issues and so we started arguing and fighting and we came to, I got to the point where I started hating him too, <laughs> because it was so bad. You know, the, it was a very um, hard time. He'd get home late after midnight and he'd demand breakfast. So I'd get up and make him breakfast and he'd be arguing and angry because it wasn't perfect. And, and then, um, then he'd get up at, he was good at getting up at six in the morning and take, getting ready to go to work. And so then again, it seemed like every day it was the same, the pattern. And finally got to the point where I couldn't stand it anymore. By that time, I, we already had uh, our last, our, ba our boy, a little boy. And um, I had the two girls and my son. And um, it just got so bad. I just couldn't face the day anymore. And one night in, in November, one evening, it was about 9.30, um, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to slip my wrists and that's it. I'm, I'm done. So I got the, I got, you know, uh, the kids, they used to, it was a pattern. They, they go to bed at 10 o'clock and or nine ish. I put them to bed and they go to sleep. They were little, uh, Paul was just a year old. And, um, and so they go, I put them to bed and they were asleep. And I said, well, I have to, I have to wait till they, it was about nine thirty. I have to wait till 10. So they'll be asleep. Then I'll just go in the restroom and end it all. And so mm. I turned the TV on and Billy Graham was on TV. Now, 
uh, as a Catholic, I'm not supposed to listen to evangelicals. Every time we would see him on TV, we turned him off. But this time I turned it on and I couldn't move. Like, like somebody was holding me down and he was doing the altar call. And, um, and I, this is totally new for me. And, and so he, he did the altar call and he said, young lady in your living room, you need to go, go into your bedroom and ask Jesus into your heart. And he explained it, right? You, you, wow. you don't have, you feel like nobody loves you. Your father failed you. Your, your, every, everyone's failed you in your life. Those that you love the most. And I was like stunned, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even move. And so, um, so I turned the TV off and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so um, I said, well, I've tried everything. If this doesn't work, I can still go to plan A. So I went in my bedroom and I knelt down and I started confessing like a good Catholic, everything I could think of. It took me like three hours <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, that's all I knew. I didn't, I didn't know you could just say, yeah. Jesus, forgive me for everything I've committed. You know, I didn't know that, you know, and uh so I confessed every little thing, and then I said, "Lord, if I forgot any anything, please forgive mm -hmm. me." And 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 so I said, "I'm sorry," and I'm not kidding you. I felt really light. I felt like some a shower of freshness could had come in my in my life, you know. And I was like, "Oh God, I haven't slept in years. Would you help me sleep tonight? I just want to. I want to rest." I fell asleep like a baby. I hadn't slept like that ever, ever that I can remember at that time. And so I woke up the next morning. I don't even remember if Jim came in. I don't remember, you know, when he came in. If he, And so I was like totally stunned. When I got up, uh, I looked out the window and I go, oh, my God, the trees look so beautiful. <laughs> you know, like, I, oh. and I, why do I feel this way? I feel good inside. I feel like peace and, and joy. And um, so. Uh, the Lord reminded me, you asked me in your heart. And so that started my, my life as a Christian. I wasn't going to a Christian church at the time because all I knew was Catholic. I was, and you know, you're taught at that time, you were taught not to associate with any other religion, evangelicals, especially. And so, um, I started reading the Bible I, again. I had read it before. And then I started reading, uh, uh, the Bible. I started going to the church. And I, because I had a lot of, uh, a bad relationship with my husband, a bad marriage, I asked the Catholic priest to help me if he could please help me and, uh, help me with it, my marriage, give me some counsel. And he says, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, but, um, I'm not married. So I don't know what I could not help you in that area. I was like, okay, if I can't go to my spiritual leader, and he can't help me. What am I going to do? You know? And so I, um, so one day I was at the time I was working at the post office and I was there at the post office and he comes in, the priest comes in and he comes and he says, uh, Hey, I, I've got, I've got a, I've got something for you. And, and, uh, and he says, here's a, here's this Bible, this Gideon Bible. He goes, I sent for, I sent for, I, I pulled one over the Gideons. He said, mm -hmm. I sent for a thousand and they sent me a thousand Bibles so I could distribute. But, um, but, uh, he said, um, I'm charging $3 for, for a Bible. So he's going to make 3000 Bibles. <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, I didn't care. Now the priest is selling me a Bible. That means, okay, you know, I have a uh, open door to read the, uh, this 
evangelical Bible, this not the Catholic Bible. And so I took it. It was a living Bible. That's what it was. And I took it. And I mean, I devoured that book. And it, it started changing me inside. And then I started praying, Lord. And, and I had other, other encounters with like the nuns because my, my kids, I take the kids to catechism and I had some issues with them. So I started saying, dear God, I, you need to give me a church. I, I don't know what church to go to. You have to lead me to a church. And this elderly couple that was coming to my parents' house, my mom, to, to visit my mom, uh, they would give her Bible study. They recommended that I go to the Assemblies of God at that time. And so I started going in 1980. Uh, let me see. In 1977, I started attending uh, the Assemblies of God. And they, I, we were there five I was there five years. And um, uh, it established my foundation, okay? Uh, salvation the baptism of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, baptism, water baptism, and healing, those kind of things, you know, the uh, basics. Uh, and my husband also got saved during mm -hmm. that time in 1977, and we all we started attending the, mm -hmm. the door, I mean, the Assemblies of God for five years, because that's all there was. Five years, uh, about four or five years later, four years later, something like that, uh, the door started coming to, to town. And by that time, I was having all kinds of trouble with the Assemblies of God. <laughs> I was just tired of, you know, it was the same people all the time, back and forth. It was the Spanish and the English Assembly. They get together and, you know, it was a lot of controversy and all, all kinds of issues there. And so um, so the door comes and I, and I said to myself, another church? Is that what we need in this town? Another church? <laughs> I was so vexed with religion. <laughs> and I, I used to say to myself, where is it? Where's the Church of Acts? What happened to the Church of Acts? You know, is this all we have? I, you know, I would see the, the gossip, the hypocrisy. I was just tired. You know, I was just tired. I was at the end of my Christian life, and then the door comes, and of course, Pastor Lee Stubbs is the one that started the door in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and he goes in there and he goes and visits visits our pastor okay and i don't remember why we were all there i i don't know i can't remember but i remember him walking walking uh and introducing himself outside. we're outside doing something and um and somebody and i said who is that and because he's totally everybody in las vegas new mexico knew everybody so <laughs> so he's just a stranger he comes in and he's anglo you know and i'm looking at him and i'm like who is this and he goes all happy and he introduces himself to everybody there and then later I asked him, he says, oh, it's the pastor of the new church that just opened. I go, oh, my God. And I, that's all we need is another church in this town. <laughs> and so, but what happened was that my husband was always chasing after Robert Polacco. And uh, he was he was a young kid then, you know, in his early teens. <laughs> and he was always chasing after him to, to get him saved, you know, to say. And so Robert would hide from him, you know, like duck him in the stores and everything. It was cute. And one time in a park, you know, it was really funny. And so um, we went to a, uh, they started giving a, a they, they showed the three, the three, uh, you know, big three. It was an aunt. So we went because we were starving to death. So we went over there, you know, to get some ministry in. <laughs> and so Robert and his wife were there. And um, so the, Pastor Lee gives the altar call. We're still in the assemblies. 
Yep. Pastor Lee gives the altar call, Good. and he, Robert and Jackie, go up there. I mean, my husband got up so quick. Of course, it was a baby church, so they didn't have very many um, help altar helpers, and so he uh, he he uh, prayed with them, both of them. And so um, later on, we hear that Robert Pollock, you know, a few months later, he's doing really well. I mean, like, well, he had a Bible study and we're like thinking, oh, my God, you know, and um, and yeah. other, other kids that we knew and they, they started going there, they started raising up in ministry. And we were like, oh, wow. I mean, you know, in, our, in the assemblies we were in, it was older people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not so young. And so. Um, so we started at that time it was like, like god orchestrated it so we started praying because we decided that we were not going to stay in the assemblies but we had nowhere else to, we didn't know what to do we had a choice to go to the spanish assembly but that wasn't very appetizing either so um anyway so we started praying and fasting and the lord for once in my lifetime i told my husband you make the decision <laughs> <laughs> you make it I, i'm uh, like like my brain my soul everything's depleted i have nothing you know it whatever god tells you to do um, i'm just gonna pray that god shows you and so uh, god showed him that we should go to the assemblies of god i mean to the the door and i thank god i mean we walked in there oh my goodness it was like it was wall to wall young people young men you know worshiping yeah. god and on fire you could see the fire you could see the the joy and the excitement about serving jesus christ you know it wasn't all dull you know and i i thank god you know because i said oh my god i found the church of acts you know i was so excited <laughs> and so from there i was in, yeah. in um in 19 uh, let me see 82 we started attending the door and uh, uh about a year oh. later pastor ruby richard ruby came in and took over the church, something like that. And he's the one that discipled us and sent us out the first time. Okay. And okay, okay. Any you said that was the first time that you said the decision is all up to you to your husband. You know what? Well, why do you? What would contribute to that? <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. But in the assemblies of God, uh, they train women to be preachers. Okay. Okay. So I had nothing else. You know, I mean. I don't know nothing, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going by what I'm being taught. And so I had aspirations of becoming a pastor. And so I was very, you know, it was strange because when I was growing up, I was very shy and a wallflower, but I got saved in my mouth. I, well, as you can tell, I could like to talk. <laughs> but also I was uh, very domineering, okay? Um, And Jim was always the quiet type, okay? And so, of course, I would get anxious and I would take over. And I, you know, and women are better with words. So, <laughs> you know, you can take over the conversation, you can take over, you know. And so by that time, uh, but by the time I, I we decided I was tired of the, the door, of the, of the assemblies, I, I, um, I was just empty and unhappy, very unhappy. And I know I read the scriptures that the woman is should is the helpmate, you know. And uh, and uh, I knew all those scriptures. It's the weirdest thing because I went to the door and it was like my brain was empty from everything that I knew in the past. 
okay. that I have been taught. It's, it, and so that's a that was cleansing. I needed that. I needed that so that my husband would raise up. Because if I kept on the way I was, he wouldn't have risen up. I wouldn't have not let him, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's times when we need to be quiet and we need to let God do the work. Uh, you, uh, God shows women things. You know, you feel things. You see things. And you understand things. But that doesn't mean that you go ahead, go blurt them out. I think God tells us those things or shows us things so that we'll get on our knees and pray and let God do the moving around, you know, moving and speaking and ministering. But I didn't know that. So I would do this ministering. Okay. And, um, and so when we went to the door, when we start, made that, I got to that point where I didn't want to, it was, I, I was just tired. I wasn't going to make no more decisions. Every, you know, things were not working out and I was scared that things were falling apart in my life. And I was scared I was going to lose my mind, actually. And so when we went to the door, I made a decision. I'm not going to say nothing. And, and besides, I used to open my mouth and things would come out really bad. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, my God, why did I say that? You know, that was dumb. And Pastor Lee was very gracious with me. I thank God. He recognized who I was and what I was and the background, you know, but he was very gracious. And he let me, he let the Holy Spirit deal with me. And he did. The Holy Spirit dealt with me. And so to shut my mouth and let God do the work. And so I thank God for that because today now we're past three. <laughs> wow. Praise okay. God. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I think a lot of women, we need to hear that because sometimes it's like you said, it's so easy. We just want to say what we think, but God is you know, like, you're saying God is telling us that so that we can pray. Right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, and so how long, and mm-hmm. by the time y'all went to the door, so it's kind of like what you're, you're saying that you wanted to commit suicide and, um, you were tired of your life, but then you get saved and then you get tired of your life again. And you think, yes. and that was because of you weren't going by the Bible per se, as far as a woman's place. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't understand that part. You know, I, and so when we got to the door, you know, it's very male oriented, but I liked that, you know, I needed that because it feels secure. You know what I'm saying? There's responsibilities that they're not mine, you know, and uh, and there's men there that rise up and take charge. And thank God for that. That's very secure feeling. I can be me. I can be a mother. I can be a helpmate. I can be a help at the church in the church. But I don't have, you know, the responsibility. Oh, I don't I didn't have it, but I felt like I did, you know, like I had to do something. And um and I thank God it's not my responsibility. And so there was, it was very freeing to know that there's actual men that you can trust that'll take care of things. Okay. And yes. um, it doesn't mean that in assemblies, God, they, there wasn't. It's just that I don't know why I had that mentality. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? That I, I had to be responsible for everything, which I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Very much. Very good. So um, also, um, can we hear more about like your discipleship experience or your ministry experience uh, in your home church, like before you guys got sent out and what okay. made you, you know, want to be a pastor, you know, pastors. Okay. When, when Jim wasn't even saved, okay. uh, the Lord sh- spoke to me and said, I'm going to use him to speak my word. I'm going to use him. I, I couldn't stand him. My husband was, well, he, you know, uh, 
uh, and I said, oh, God, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a he, he was just a rascal. That's what he was, you know. <laughs> and he, we were he, I, one time I was saved already, but and he I I would say two years before he was, okay. and so he was taking me to the store on his truck. He had he loves cars, a fancy truck, and um, he had that radio on and full blast. Um, some rancheras and stuff. And of course I'm saved, you know, and I don't want to listen to all that garbage, you know? And I'm like, look at him. And he would raise it higher when I get on. He knew. <laughs> and so I said, Oh, look at him. Isn't he disgusting? I'm so sick and tired of him. And so, um, he says, Patsy, one of these days, he's going to preach my, my God, my word. Okay. Something like that. He told me, and I'm like, what you know i was like oh my god where did that come from so i turned around and told him the, the music song and i said you know what the lord just told me and he says you know he thinks i'm crazy already anyway so i said the lord told me you're gonna preach his word <laughs> I'm, I'm totally i'm totally i'm i'm all surprised and uh, and you know what he did he turned the radio down <laughs> Because just a question that came to my mind is I'm thinking like, you know, you were already saved for so many years. What was it like to have a husband that wasn't saved and then for him to get saved, you know? Yeah, it, it was very hard. It was very challenging. Um, uh, he would. He would. Uh, oh, he would get mad at me to go to church. He didn't want me to go to church. I was going at the time. I started the Assemblies of God by myself. I went two year, a year, about a year, okay, alone. And uh, he'd get mad at me in Sunday morning because I get up to go to church. And so he, one time, he told me, "Here's some money. When you get back from church, you bring me a six pack of beer." And I said, "I'm not going to bring you beer. I'll put it in the offering." And he says, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and then he says if you go i'm gonna beat you up and i said i don't care i'm still gonna go you know and so he just looked at me and, he, and i said oh god don't let it hurt too bad <laughs> but he didn't <laughs> so i left i said i'm going to church i'm sorry i'm going to church so i i got the kids in the car and we left to church um but i was afraid that he was going to come i was going to come back and he's going to beat me up and thank god he didn't you know he, he never did uh and so I think Jim only hit me once and that was it. And he felt so bad about it. <laughs> and so that was, that was way before we both were saved. Okay. And so anyway, uh, uh, but he never, he never, he, he was just, um, and so anyway, what was the first question? I forgot. Okay. I, the, okay. I told you all that. Yeah, the other question was about, okay, now you are both saved. You went to Assemblies of God, then your husband prayed and he decided we're going to go to the door. You get mm -hmm. to the door. So what was your experience there now? Okay. okay. Um, how did you get involved in ministry? What happened? You know, I knew he was going to be used by God. I knew he had a calling. I knew it and he knew it. He, he felt it in his heart because they already called him a preacher in, in Las Vegas, even though we were in the Assemblies of God, because everybody that he would see, he would tell him about Jesus. So they would call him the preacher. So we knew we had, we already had that revelation, but we didn't know how it was going to happen. And he did go, when we were assemblies, he did go to California uh, for three months, mm -hmm. paid $3,000, I think we raised 
so that he could go to a school of ministry because that's how the desire for him to he wanted to preach so bad we didn't know how that was going to happen in the assemblies of god he got to go to college there's no way that he, he was going to be able to go to college and so anyway uh, we go to the door we didn't know discipleship we didn't know none of that uh, uh and so um we started getting discipled. We didn't know we were getting discipled. I mean, we heard about it, you know, and so, but we just started serving. We were older. We were about, we're, we are about, we are 11 years older. Jim is up 13 years older than Pastor Richard and I'm 11 years older than, than they are. And so, but it never made a difference. It didn't make yeah. a difference that they were so young. Actually, I was excited that they were so young, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. um, and they started ministering to us and this well you know just this like we do you know disciple people and yeah. teaching us little by little you know things because technically need. you guys were just in your 30s at that time or how old were you yes yes we were in our 30s and um and so yeah we were in our 30s early 30s jim okay. must have been 34 me 30 30 or 31 35 something like that and that's when we started going there and um it was really great. I mean, Yolanda was very patient with me. One day she said, Patsy, don't you think you should start wearing dresses to church? <laughs> and I go, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I started wearing dresses to church. <laughs> I didn't know. You know, uh, they were very, very gracious, extremely gracious with us. And uh, and uh, and they, we just started watching them and mm -hmm. learning from them. I mean, Pastor Richard, greatest preacher in the world as far as i'm concerned of course <laughs> and so one day when we were one time years later when we were assisting him here in san antonio he says patsy guess what i found and i go what he said i found a box of our oh my old sermons from from las vegas and i said wow. you did pastor and, and, and he said yeah I, and i got them and i threw them in the church i go Trash. I would have kept them for you. I mean, those were sermons are the ones that fed me and ministered to me and helped me so much. I mean, they were treasures. And I said, I would have kept them, Pastor. You know, he had them in little index cards. <laughs> and he just was all surprised, like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have told her. But uh, that was just an experience. But anyway, to me, uh, they were great. They were great. Um, and they include, they helped us. Go, and then they send us out. And that was scary. The first church yeah. was scary. Española, New Mexico is the is the capital of low riders. You know, the, the girls with the black, uh, black, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in their eyes and mean as hornets, you know what I'm saying? And, and so anyway, <laughs> that's what we went into there in that city. But wow. God did good things there. God did very good things. Um, I we cut our teeth in Las in Española, New Mexico, and um, by the grace of God, we made it. It was the first church Pastor Ruby sent. We were the first couple he sent, and um, at the time, we were just—it was just exciting. It was very exciting. Uh, I did learn. We did learn a lot. We went through a hard time because it was—it was already an established church, and so it was—it was different. You know, it was very, mm -hmm. uh, but the challenge was good. And yes. I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot. Uh, God humbled me a lot <laughs> and, and uh, taught me to be a servant, even, even though sometimes it was hard. But the Lord was faithful and gave us some good, good uh, disciples. Um, the Hutchinsons got saved at that time. Um, 
I don't know if you know um, Henry Hutchinson, Hoyt Hutchinson. I think Hoyt is still out preaching, and Danny, he's Danny Hutchinson. He's in Las Vegas still uh, serving there. So, um, and yeah, and then uh, Carlos Olivas, he got saved under us too. And so, uh, those are a few. And so, um, it was a good time. It was a good time. How and long had, were y'all there? We were there like, like about three years, three almost four years. Mm -hmm. And my uh, my oldest daughter graduated from Pohuaque, the high school. And um, then later on, after that, we went to Las Vegas to assist Pastor uh, Fred Ruby. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we did. Yes. We went How to long assistance. were you? Assistance for a year in Las Vegas with Pastor Fred Ruby. And uh, our oldest daughter got me in 1989. Uh, we took over the church in San Jose, Costa Rica. We sent this. And so that was so, your first missionary. Yes. After Española, we went to San Jose, Costa Rica. And uh, we took our second daughter and our son with us. But our second daughter had just graduated from high school. And so she just stayed about six months with us over there. It was very hard to see her take off. It, we had to leave our oldest here. In the United States, because she had just she got married, and um, we left her, and we took the other two with us, and then Wendy, our second, we we sent her off, sent her back home, back to the United States after six months, because she couldn't get a job or anything over there. She didn't know how to speak Spanish, and so we stayed in in uh, Costa Rica for about uh, four years, also. And it was the best. It was so wonderful. I really enjoyed beautiful Costa Rica. Costa Rica is a, is a paradise. And I really yeah. enjoyed the people were re really kind. And um, they were on fire. They, they, were, yeah. they fight for the bullhorn. They wanted to do <laughs> when we went out street preaching. They would fight for the bullhorn. <laughs> it was so cute. And we had a whole <laughs> bunch of them. They were just, it's so uh, my husband always teases this: if, if uh, you give an old dog a bunch of puppies, and they'll that'll perk up the old dog, and that's the way we were. <laughs> we had a bunch of little puppies, and they were they were so oh. on fire and excited, and they they were game for anything, any you know, any outreach, whatever they were there. And so it was really cool, you know, to see that. And the church grew, and then Pastor, we took the church from Pastor Jesus Vicera. And then after four years, Pastor Jesus, we said I took it over again. By that time, we had planted one, ch one church, I believe we had planted. And we had married several of those young men. <laughs> they were all single and yeah. they, got, they, they were married. We, we got, we, my husband married them. So it was a good time. I enjoyed it very much. It, you know, you give up. When I, when I went, I was a little concerned because uh, one of the questions I asked, do you have Clorox over here? <laughs> I'm sorry. One of the questions I asked, is there Clorox in Costa Rica? <laughs> they go, yes, there's Clorox in Costa Rica. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and uh, that's a joke. And so anyway, um, we went and um, you go over there and you, uh, you're unexpected, you know, but the, the good thing is, though, there was an established church. So uh, that wasn't so hard because it was an established church. I mean, we did have the, you know, issues with those that, of course, they miss their pastor, you know, but you're gentle with them, you're, you're considerate with them, and you realize that they're still loyal, and thank God that they're loyal, you know, because that means 
eventually when you win them over, they're going to be loyal to you, you know, and that's, they just have, have a loyal heart. And so you just love them where they're at, you know, and that's what we did. We just loved them where they were. And, and um, it was just one, a wonderful experience. So I, I looked, that's, that was a great experience. Costa Rica from Espanola. It was really hard in Espanola. It was first church and the people are different. You know, I don't know now. I mean, uh, but the, the people that were there at that time, they were, um, they were new converts also, you know what I'm saying? And so they were still, they still had a little bit of the world in them. And I, I mean, I'm there, I wasn't part of that culture, you know, that low rider culture. And so it was sort of a, a challenge, but, okay. but God still worked and still, you know, you just, you can't out give God, you put yourself out there and you trust him and he'll do the work. If you just have a tender heart and a, and a willing heart to be used by God and an obedient heart, you know, and of course you have to humble yourself a lot, a lot of humble pie, but it's worth it because souls get saved and that church is still going forward. Thank God. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank God. thank God. Yes. Um, I know because I know you, I know that you've gone through some health issues uh, with your knee. Yeah. Where was that? In 1982, that's the year that we went, we joined the, the door. It was like about April. We were in a motorcycle accident. We we're still in the assemblies. We were passing out uh, flyers or invitations to a. It was a church uh, gathering, and um, this lady made a U-turn. We were in a little little bike. We were going like about thirty-five miles an hour, but the lady made a, a sharp U-turn right in front of us. She was on the side of the road. She had no stoplights, so we didn't know the car was on. So we keep going, and this lady made a sharp U-turn right in front of us because she didn't see us through the rear view mirror, through the mirror, and uh, we hit the the car full blast uh, right on the side. I I flew off the the back, and uh, thank God I had my helmet because that saved my brain. And um, but I broke the the femur completely off the knee, the knee and the femur broke off completely. I almost lost the doctor. I almost had to amputate, but it was so bad the break. But she, he saved it. Wow. He saved that leg. Thank God, it's all deformed and full of you know uh, scars. But thank God, I got my leg. You know, um, I didn't have to. And so, um, so that's how I started going to the. We we went to the door. I mean, we had already made the decision, and uh, so we went in April 1982. We paid our first tight check to the door so that's why i know it's really and so and that, anyway, was, that was all your knee and that was i had just gotten out of the hospital i stayed about 14 days in the hospital because of the surgery and recuperation and everything and um and so uh for 30 years in 19 i mean in 2013 um the all the i had a lot of hardware plates and pins and screws for, uh, I guess because of uh, the bone starts uh, getting uh, uh, shrinking, the all the hardware there started getting really loose, and I I mean I could really feel it. It was like everything was coming apart inside, and so finally, um, by the grace of God, there was a program in in in, uh, in San Antonio that hospital program where I I could get a knee replacement. And so I went in in, in 2013, and they took all the hardware out. And in 2014, they they did a complete um, replacement on my knee. But 
for 30 years, I, I, I was in pain for 30 years. I mean, just because, uh, you know, they had put the pins and everything, it was very painful. I sleep with the pain. I'd walk with the pain. I, I mean, that pain was always there. It was really mm -hmm. a chronic pain. And so, and, but still, even be, despite that, the Lord gave me the strength to pastor, to go overseas, uh, and to do what I, I needed to do. You know, I, sometimes I would cry. I couldn't sleep sometimes and I would cry and I think, God, you've got to give me the strength. I've got to do this. I, I can't do it if you don't give me the strength. And he would, you know, and so, and I see some people, some young women nowadays, they got a headache. Oh, I can't go, Sister Patsy, because I got this headache. <laughs> I don't say anything. I'm just like, okay, sister, we'll be praying for you. But I'm like thinking, yeah, I went 30 <laughs> years to church with chronic pain and I still was there, you know. But uh, it's, it's not for my glory, you know. It's because if you want to, you'll right. do it. You see, you see what I'm saying? Uh, there are yes. times. There are times. I understand there are times. You just can't do it. There was times I couldn't, you know. And I understand that. But if there's a possibility, there's no excuse, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I, there has to be that understanding and do you want to do this or not, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. um, and I understand there are situations that you can't, you know, but 80% um, of the time you can, it's just an excuse, you know what I'm saying? I know experience is okay. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Yes. So anyway, um, so that that was my history with my knee. Now, uh, after the you, knee surgery. You were, you were in Costa Rica and y'all were there for four years. And then where did y'all go after that? After that, we came to uh, San Antonio to assist Pastor Ruby. Okay. We assisted him for, uh, let's see, assistant. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Costa Rica. In 1993, we came to San Antonio, we, we assisted Pastor Ruby. And in 1997, we went, took over the church in Brownsville, Texas. Okay. I have a, another question for you that I think sometimes that women, you know, we kind of think about because uh, when we went missionaries, this was something like with your children, you know, uh, mm -hmm. having to leave them behind. What kind of, what would you say were some of the struggles and how did it got help you with that? Oh, yeah. Um, when we we went to Costa Rica, we had to leave our daughter. It was very hard. I'm not kidding. It was very hard. It very, I mean, at that time, we didn't have, um, in, you know, like we have now the Zoom and the email and the uh, texting, all that. We didn't have that. So it cost like, I think it was about $3 a, a minute or something like that to call. Something really outrageous, expensive. And... um so you can, you call, you call once in a while, once a month, maybe, you know, and, and unless they would call you, it would be a different story, you know, but uh, it, it was a challenge. And um, I, I just had to, what saved, saved me is that I learned to pray. I learned to get a hold of God. It would give me peace. And I knew that he was taking care of him, my children. Okay. And um, so I really... I really, uh, even to this day, it's prayer. That's what sustains me. And that's what keeps me. And, and, and reading his word, just hiding it in your heart and making it real in your life. You know what I'm saying? And that's what sustained me and has kept my children. You know, um, 
my my children are doing good. Uh, the six months later, we sent Wendy back home, and about a year later, she got married, and she had her our first granddaughter. And uh, I I said, oh Lord, I'm never going to be able to, if if I'm so far away, I'm not my granddaughter's not going to know me. And even at a few months, she knew me. You know what I'm saying? It was like she reckoned. It's like I don't know what it was, but it seemed we connected. You know, mm -hmm. and it was really wonderful. God is faithful. He will, and and you know how the scripture says that he, you give up your your family, you give up your loved ones. Mm -hmm. it, he will give you a hundredfold. He did. I have children in Costa Rica. You know, people that that consider me their mom. You know what I'm saying? And. Uh, so he, I always had somebody, you know what I'm saying, that would take care of me or, you know, be concerned for me or uh, uh, love me, you know what I'm saying? And so I've never been empty. No matter where you go, God will provide for you. And my children were fine. My children have are fine. They're doing good, all three of them. They're already in their, you know, um, they're already older. They're mature adults, but they're doing good, you know. Yes. And, I, and I really think just because you're not there for them, they'll, they'll do all right. Actually, I think it did. It was better for them that we were not there. You know, they, they can take their their life and and run with it. You know, and not have mom and dad there in the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes yes. sense. And um, a quick break right now. Um, we're excited to hear more about your story, Miss Patsy Pena. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the conversation is going to be for our premium subscribers. So there's a link to subscribe in the show notes below. And every dollar goes to world evangelism. Uh, we don't keep a dime. So we appreciate that. And we'll be right back. You're my unsung hero. And I sing this song for you.